You're listening to Leading with a Brave Heart, a podcast to help professional women build the confidence to lead with their hearts so that you can lead with confidence and compassion. I'm Michelle Johns and my mission is to help you find yourself instead of fixing yourself. I'm really glad you're here with me. Now onto the show. Welcome to this week's podcast on self-compassion. I do talk a lot about leading with heart, leading with compassion, but did you know to lead with compassion, you need to give compassion to yourself. Personally, I struggled with this for a very long time. As we know, we all have that negative talk in our head, commonly referred to as imposter syndrome, which I've done a few podcasts on. And we have a negative bias in our brain to keep ourselves safe. It is unsafe to say things like, I am awesome, or I am great at what I do, because that opens ourselves up to others to tell us it is not so, or for something to come along and show us we're wrong. We want to avoid any sort of rejection or negative feedback from others. Now, in the book, The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks talks about our upper limit, where our body or mind will sabotage us from taking that next step and hold us back. And this may show up as an illness or an injury. And it is not to say that any pain we experience is in our head. It is real, but our mind is powerful enough and can present these symptoms to protect ourselves. So it's you know, really big. It's bigger than us, if you like. So I'll give you an example. Have you ever needed to do a speech and the day before you lose your voice or you were supposed to run at an event or cycle or whatever it is and you get an injury just before? These situations are often our subconscious creating something to protect ourselves from failure. Now, my experience with this, and it was very real, was when I was training to do the Inca Trail. Uh, I had a previous back injury, and this was three years later after rehab and so on, and it was the first big goal I set, and it was a big event I was doing, if you know about the Inca Trail. Altitude, climbing, four days uh, in a tent and so on. And about four weeks out, I started to get back pain. So I went to the physio and I was in a lot of pain and I was getting treatment and I couldn't bend over and there were lots of things I couldn't do, but they couldn't find anything structurally wrong. And even um, muscularly muscles and tendons and so on, they weren't really inflamed, but I was experiencing a lot of pain. And um, my physio happened to be studying this as well and mentioned the pain that can be associated with anxiety leading up to a big event and talked about how people often get injuries just before something big they need to do. So despite this, I just did all the exercises that I was given as well and obviously tried to bring that front of mind that it could be um, a mind thing. 
And I, I was even worried about the plane ride there because I had to fly to uh, Santiago and onwards. And that was a long plane ride in economy. And I thought that would make it worse. And I had in my head also, uh, there's an option to do the train to Machu Picchu so I can still see the Machu Picchu area instead of the four-day walk. And I had that in my head too. And would you believe it? When I arrived in Cuzco, the pain went. Now, I hadn't had optimal training, so the back was the least of my struggles on that trail. And it didn't present the whole trip, even though I was climbing up Um, really steep hills like full days of climbing upwards and then downwards Um, and I applied many mind tricks and strategies to get through because as I said it wasn't the back it was the cardio and um, the altitude and so on and uh, and the pain had gone so when we that's just my story you might have something that you relate to or you may not have come across this before and wondering what it's all about So when we can be aware of this, this phenomenon or this possibility of our upper limit holding us back and more aware of our negative brain protecting us, we can also be self-compassionate at the same time. Because the last thing you want to do when your negative voice is saying, you can't do this or you're hopeless, not smart enough or you don't deserve to be here is to criticize our negative voice. Why not? Because our negative voice is part of us. It's part of you. It is the part of you protecting you, if you like. A more appropriate response is, thank you for protecting me. Or the other strategy is simply providing an opposing statement like, no, Michelle, that is not true. You are intelligent. And you can also add in some evidence to support your claim. So, no, Michelle, that is not true. You are intelligent. You have a master's in leadership or you are capable to do the job, whatever you need to provide the evidence or you have the experience to do this job, whatever it is for you. So compassion can be in the form of thanking your inner voice for looking out for you to being supportive to yourself with positive affirmations. Now, some other techniques in a more physical form of self-compassion can be smiling at yourself in the mirror. That can be effective. Holding yourself. If you are feeling some emotions, you can, you know, if no one's there, actually the, the touch is quite effective. And giving yourself a break from a tough situation. So, I'll give you an example. Say you're in a meeting or in a room where someone is criticizing you. Instead of staying there and listening and feeling more awful about yourself or more anxious, you can give yourself self-compassion and walk away. Leave that room. Now, I said I would give you techniques in this episode. So other techniques that are also about kindness to ourselves includes forgiveness If we do stuff something up, forgive yourself. Being tolerant of your flaws. You know your friend or your partner, they've got flaws and you still love them. Do the same for yourself. This is actually a really new one for me because there are some things about myself that were always a yeah but. (laughs) Yes, I love myself except this part. 
and I've recently learned to accept them and it feels like a weight has lifted off my shoulders. It's amazing. So hanging on to those things that are flaws and thinking I'm going to um, like myself except this little bit is, is not always helpful. And another way is to be patient with yourselves. Often we want to do things perfectly or really fast and we want to learn something new quickly like, um, you know, that some of the techniques I'm giving here, you might want to go and implement them straight away and see a result. Give yourself some patience to make it effective or to even bring it in as a habit into your life. So a bit of that patience. And this is where consciously being patient can be really helpful. Remind yourself that everyone also feels they're not good enough at times. Everyone, even that person that you see at work or in your life, in your family life, they will have times when they feel they're not good good enough. You're just not seeing those times and maybe they have some strategies too. So whenever you feel that way, just remind yourself others feel that way too. And you're not alone. That can be helpful. So being mindful is helpful also when we're feeling an emotion so that we don't move with them without consciousness. So we don't make any sudden moves based on that emotion if we're mindful because if we do if we don't do it consciously we could end up ruminating over our thoughts and feelings um, about ourselves or something we did in that meeting and now we're really embarrassed or we're feeling some sort of shame be mindful of doing that over and over and over criticizing ourselves or feeling like um the emotion we're feeling right now that that's going to be with us forever and therefore we react to it in the moment and if you do react to an emotion in the moment go back to forgiveness because everyone does that you've seen someone do something out of character because they were overwhelmed or or maybe in a stressful situation and you forgave them forgive yourself Sometimes we can also use self-care as a tool for self-compassion. Now, I know there are a lot of thoughts out there and I'm seeing a lot of things on social media about how having a bath or doing a facial or getting a massage is not self-compassion and it's not even self-care. But it, it, is, when it, is, um, but that, it is when it's mindful, if you like. So when it's not mindful and it's the only answer given when someone is anxious or or overwhelmed. If we just say to someone who's overwhelmed or anxious, go and have a bath or do a facial or get a massage, that that's not always helpful. Um, or if it's not mindful that we're doing these activities to be um, caring for ourselves and also compassionate. So if you mindfully bring in self-care as part of your self-compassion practice, it can be effective. So I definitely use those three in a mindful way on a Sunday night, Uh, you know, a bath or a facial. And I also like to get um, a massage, actually prefer a facial than a massage myself. But um, yeah, so if you're doing it in a mindful way, it can be effective as part of your self-compassion practice. So if you bring in self-care as a practice or when you find yourself in a state of that self-criticism that you're having trouble getting out of, it is a useful tool. So proactively using self-care in a mindful way and reactive in a mindful way, if you like. So you could use it proactively or reactively and it can be helpful. 
Now on that, what is self-care? Now I mentioned massage, bath and facials, but these are only some examples um, of self-care. This is doing something physical for ourselves, one type of self-care. Um, there are other forms of self-care, like emotional self-care. So intentionally, some examples here, intentionally scheduling me time or time with yourself in your calendar. You know, give yourself that that night a week or two nights a week to just be with yourself. Take yourself out for dinner, whatever it is for you. Rewarding yourself for completing small tasks is another emotional type of self-care. And how about reminding yourself of all the good stuff that happens in life? We see a lot of the negative stuff. Maybe writing a list of all the things you're grateful that you have in your life. Now there's another type of self-care and that's through connections. So uh, when you're feeling a certain way or just to keep yourself topped up if you like, call someone you trust, a friend or someone in your family to talk things out or, or ask for support. You could also join support groups for people going through similar things to you. Sometimes people in your life don't understand what you're going through because it's something particular for you. There's a lot of groups out there, whether you're into Facebook groups or other communities online that you could reach out to. And another way to use uh, connections as a self-care could be to schedule a regular date night with your partner or your boyfriend or your husband or your wife or whoever it is. Now there's another type of self-care which I sometimes see referred to as spiritual or mystical. I'm not sure what word works for you or it could just be labeled as generous or, or having generosity. And a couple of examples here are doing something for someone in secret so no, they don't know that you did it. So it could be paying for someone's coffee as you leave the coffee store or paying for someone's petrol when you're at the petrol station. My sister did that during um, COVID in 2020 because she kept her job. She was in an essential service and she was just paying for people's petrol. Oh, it was beautiful because there was a lot of people struggling out there and they didn't know it was her and it just made her feel good. Um, so that's a form of self-care. Donate money to a charity or a... Um, yeah, a charity of some sort as well. Well, I think that's a lovely note to end this podcast on, and that is about being generous. And being generous with your compassion to others can also be helpful to give yourself um, self-care as well. So I hope you're inspired now to bring some self-compassion practice into your life, perhaps some self-care options that are part of that practice, and it could be like my last week's episode, if you listened in, where I offered for you to recognize and celebrate what you have achieved instead of focusing on the lack of what you didn't check off your to-do um, list this week. That could be as simple as that. Or could you bring a practice in so you don't have to wait till you have those negative thoughts, but something like journaling at the end of the day or having a practice of giving to others. Maybe you've been inspired to just do that paying it forward and giving to others um, in secret and that will give you a little buzz or would you like to get a bit creative this week I've got something else you could do and that's you could create a vision board if you love vision boards for your goals and so on use a vision board of what self-compassion could look like for you what are the possible ways you could bring in self-compassion into your life 
and create that vision board. So until next time, have an awesome week.